continuing on with the Samaritan woman in Jesus, part two. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. In fact, the fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, am he. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, The woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I've ever done. Could this be the Messiah? God always blesses the reading of God's holy word. Come, Holy Spirit, meet us, lead us again. Pray, O God, that these words of mine wouldn't be my words, but they would be your words, and that the words of my mouth and meditations of all of our hearts would be pure and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Have you ever wondered, have you ever thought, if this person or that person really knew me, if they really knew me, warts and all, would they really still want to be with me? Would they really still count me close? Would they really still want to be connected with me and spend time with me? If they really knew all the stuff and gunk in me. My favorite psalm, Psalm 139, says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. And here, Jesus, God with skin on, knows this woman fully really knows all of her stuff all of her gunk all of her issues you've had five husbands the guy you're with now isn't your husband but then what does he do after that he doesn't just do a mic drop he doesn't leverage his intimate knowledge of her issues in order to have an effect he doesn't guilt her into discipleship he doesn't reject her he doesn't turn the screws harder on her no condemnation this is our God 
telling us the truth about ourselves, but staying with us anyway. (laughs) She does a quick dodge. Let's talk about worship. I can see you're a prophet. Let's talk about worship. Let's talk about worship location. My ancestors, my people said this, your people say this. Jesus doesn't say, oh no, I'm not going to let you off the hook. He goes right with her. Sure. He sticks with her, even in her attempted diversion. And then he uses that very diversion to bring her the good news. It starts like this. We, Samaritans, she says, worship here. Uh, You, Jews, she says, Jesus was Jewish. She says, you worship in Jerusalem. You say, the God who knows us fully, the God who knows her fully, warts and all, responds this way. A time is coming, Jesus responds to her, when you will worship. She's not disqualified. Her checkered past doesn't disqualify her from worship. Neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Your God's too small, sister. Salvation is from the Jews, but it's for you, he's saying. Worship is not in one place. God is bigger than you can imagine. You will worship in spirit and in truth. In John's gospel, as scholar Dale Bruner, scholar of the Bible, Dale, scholar of the Bible, Dale Bruner, was at Whitworth, great guy. He points out in his commentary on John's gospel that in John's gospel, spirit, when Jesus says spirit and in truth, spirit noima, in the Gospel of John, means the Holy Spirit. And truth, in John's Gospel, aletheia, means Jesus Christ. Dale Bruner puts it this way. In this verse, for the first time in the Gospel of John, we are introduced to what the later church will rightly cherish as the doctrine of the Trinity. How do we come to God the Father? By the Spirit and by truth, who is Jesus Christ. Salvationists arrive for her, standing in front of her at the well, inviting her in with her checkered past. You will worship. The time is coming and now has come. By the, as Dr. Booner puts it, by the spirits going down deep into human hearts and moving them upward to faith and focus on the living truth who is Jesus, who then in Jesus in tandem with the Spirit brings us spiritually upward still more to the Father who has been seeking us all along. Here's the gospel. Verse 23. They are the kind of worshipers who move in spirit through Christ to the Father. They are the kind of worshipers whom the Father seeks. Who's the original seeker? We talk about seeker-sensitive services. You know this term, seeker-sensitive. It's kind of a little bit of an old term by now. The idea is, you know, seekers, newcomers, people coming to church, people seeking to know more about God, spiritual life. You know, those are people we designate seekers. That's all well and good, but there's another seeker. The original seeker is God. The Father, who is seeking worshipers, disciples, 
not, I had a wonderful father, have a wonderful father, have a wonderful upbringing. Maybe some of us here didn't. Maybe for some of you, father is a trigger word. And we just invite you to let Jesus, we know this, we know the father through Jesus Christ. Not the one coming up the steps with the belt, um, but the one uh, coming to us through a cross. Walking up to the well with people he's not supposed to talk to by protocol and saying, hey, let's have a drink, right? God in Jesus Christ is the original seeker. He is still seeking. Yesterday I was at REI a couple times getting ready for our family camping trip this week. We're going to camp up in Silver Lake near the Canadian border near Mount Baker. It's going to be awesome. So I was at REI a couple times, and each time I was there, it seemed there was this immediate, almost like a materializing out of thin air, an REI worker saying, may I help you? Did you find everything okay? Well, it was almost a little startling. Are you finding everything okay? Are you? God is committed to us in Jesus Christ to help humanity Find everything okay. And sometimes he might startle you when he shows up. Whoa. He's a better seeker than any of us are or ever will be. He's a very competent seeker. He fully knows us, warts and all. We can't hide. You have five husbands. I know that. I know your issues. He knows them all. And yet day by day, he'll come to our side and meet us where we are in whatever our questions or claims are, whatever we want to talk about, even if it's a diversion in the moment, we're still talking about it with him. And he will, he will in his sovereign wisdom, meet us in our questions with the gospel. Want to talk about worship? He'll meet you there. Want to talk about the meaning of life? He'll meet you there. Want to talk about justice and shalom? He'll meet you there. Want to talk about pain and struggle and disappointment and anxiety? He'll meet you there, have a drink with you, even if culture says you're not supposed to. Jesus will meet you in your assumptions and questions about all of that and more. Remember, he wasn't supposed to talk to this woman. God is not satisfied with just the thems, with just the us's, uh, and not the thems who aren't us's yet. God is on the move, ever on the move. When the when the Lord who seeks this woman at the well and dares to break protocol and have a drink with somebody like her gets in our heart and lives in our hearts, we too will be nudged, poked, provoked. Our barbers, our baristas, our clerks at the store, Jiffy Lube guy, our neighbor, maybe even the difficult neighbor, the local children, some even for families who right now to you feel so different from you. It's been talked about many times now that even families in America are divided by difference, by cultural division and angst and frustration. Maybe for some, it's a phone call to a parent or a phone call to a son or daughter that is like going to the woman at the well because there's so much separation now over some of these cultural issues that it it divides even families. 
The Lord is on the move. We are the ambassadors of the seeking God. Sent to have drinks with people we're not necessarily supposed to. And to blow the world's mind. Did you catch the disciples at the end of the story? They were surprised to find him talking to a woman. He wasn't supposed to do that. Well, he's teaching them. Who will God surprise you and me with? We didn't expect to have this conversation. You really want me to go over there? Him? Her? What? He will. And however they dodge and however um, they might avoid God or run, we're not here to shame because we've done the same thing. We're all people with baggage. We all have our husbands or wives or so to speak, you know, our things and flings in our lives and our minds and our hearts even that God can expose, his light exposes us. And yet the gospel is being exposed fully and loved there anyway. That's what we have to give the world in our lives. And when he gets in your heart, when that gets in your heart, you move. You can't help but move toward those in need with the love that we've experienced to give to the world that so desperately needs it. God will give us ways to show us like Jesus shapes the gospel to the contours of the conversation she wants to have. You want to talk about worship? I'll tell you about worship, but I'm going to use worship to express to you the heart of God who is bigger than you ever imagined. Same goes. God can enable us to have a conversation about whatever, wherever people are at, to be able to shape that to show them the God who is bigger and broader and better and more awesome and more loving and more gracious and more shocking than they could ever have imagined. We're going to do this Reimagining Evangelism book by Rick Richardson next, uh, next, later on next month and have some discussions about it. Evangelism and outreach isn't always what you think. We think of it as sales, you know, a pitch. Clo- Got to close the sale, you know. I always like to say we're on the assembly line for someone's life with God. And we've all had people, right, who've been that for us. And different people at different points have spoken to us. And you don't have to do it all in one conversation. You're called to do your part where it comes, right? And God will give you that. And it just can be as simple as having a cup of water with somebody or a brief conversation. And soon you're swept up in some way in the good news of triune gospel grace with the Father seeking people to worship through the Holy Spirit in Christ and into the Father's bosom. As his ambassadors, he'll guide us into these sorts of conversations on his behalf. We'll get to speak to those we might be surprised that we are speaking to. He'll give us the words to say, and he'll teach us his gospel as we're sharing his gospel. And in that, it comes more alive and refreshes our hearts and minds and souls, deepens our walk with him. Our Heavenly Father will seek these dear ones. He has done this for us definitively in Jesus Christ. And by the Spirit, he will enable us to obey. May it be so for you and me, day by day, every day. In the name of the Father, who seeks worshipers through the Son, by the Holy Spirit who lives in us. May it be so for me and for you. Amen.